I'm a coach for all, not just one community. And with that attitude, that's why I was appreciated in China. There are more Asians involved in football than you would expect. There are nowhere near as many Asians involved in football as there should be. Join us on the Our Game 2 podcast as we celebrate the ones that are and discuss the ones that aren't. Right, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Our Game 2 podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest today. He was once listed as one of the top 100 movers and shakers in football by Goal Magazine. And he's one of the very first foreign coaches to teach in China and the first one to teach schools football in China. Terry, hello and welcome to our show. Hello, Apu. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very happy to come on your show. Um, uh, this Asians in Football podcast is very close to my heart, so I'm very happy to share my journey. I'm very excited to have you here. So, Terry, if we can just start, if you don't mind, what is your ethnic background? Um, British Indian, uh, and my religion is Sikh. Okay, cool. And this is a question I ask all of our all of our guests as well what football team do you support um the team i supported uh, was when i really started playing football was manchester united and this came about in 1979 um i remember a goalkeeper um gary bailey and um i thought well i want to be a goalkeeper and that's how i started my uh, football position in goal and, and and that was my team ever since okay fantastic so I know that one of the you the you first came to attention of like gold magazine with the work that you were doing it in Leicester or for Leicester Football Club can you just talk, tell us about your early life and football journey um I started off playing for my primary school are very passionate, uh, very dedicated in in want to to be or participate in football. And uh, you know, I, I started as a goalkeeper. I, I can still remember diving on the hard grounds and uh, uh, smashing my face on the goalpost and lit, letting in goals like where the balls have gone through my legs and so on. Um, it was just something of passion. And then eventually, I took it seriously when I went into my secondary school and as a teenager. Uh, and and, and um, from there, I, I, I wrote to a lot of football clubs for trials, very unsuccessful. Uh, so that's where my journey was playing football. So just to give us an idea, you, um, so what, what year were you born in? Um, 1969. 1969. OK, so you're about 10 when you saw Gary Bailey in goal. And what was that, the FA Cup final? Gary Bailey, yes. Yeah, the FA Cup final. That was the year that Man United played Arsenal, right? That's right, yes. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, I remember United uh, coming back to 2-2 and then Sun- um, Arsenal scored with Alan Sunderland to make it 3-2. Uh, but it was just a, a spectacle of a, a game and also watching Gary Bailey, who is actually from South Africa, and um, he was a good goalkeeper, also represented England. 
Oh, did he? Okay. I did not know yes. that. I knew he was South yeah. African. I didn't know he'd represented England as well. Yeah. Okay. So you were, so is around, we're talking now around 1980, 81, when you said you were, you were writing off to clubs. What sort of clubs were you writing off to? Were these professional clubs, semi-professional clubs? Well, um, 1981-82, I was in my secondary school, so I was just playing school football. It was about 84-85 when I started to uh, write off to clubs. And the first club I actually wrote off was a, a team which was in, near the actual football training ground, Leicester City Football Training Ground, a team called YMCA. And uh, w- went there, and um, it was predominantly all-white team. And um, I, I did very well. Uh, we uh, won uh, one of the com- competitions uh, and, and, and also league, but uh, I, I faced a few uh, racist taunts from my own players, and 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 basically from, from your there, own I just players, kind of, is that is that when you yeah. made mistakes, or is it just the way they spoke to you? I think at the time in the eighties, it was just the way that the environment was at that time. Uh, people. Or especially the mainstream people, uh, the, the you know used to look at uh, Asian people as just basically calling them names and so on. Um, sadly, that was the times uh, in the eighties, and and it was just uh, not about mistakes. It's just about the culture at the time. Were there many other Asians playing with you? No, no, that that wasn't uh, what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and you know experience a team that wasn't from my own community. Uh, I think that's the only way I realised that you, you, if you're going to better yourself, sometimes you need to move away from your community and and play try somewhere else where people don't know you, so that you know you, you can fit in and 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 try to develop results of a person. Um, yeah. So just all right, going back a little bit. This was where did you grow up? You grew up in Leicester, is that right? Yes, uh, Leicester is where I uh, grew up and 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 born. Yeah. Okay, so you that's. I mean, I know it's very much a multicultural city and area right now. What was it like back then in the late seventies, early eighties? Um, predominantly white areas. Uh, there it was like areas where they, they they had an area of Asians and blacks and so on. Uh, but again, it, it was predominantly white and, and, and we were more kind of the minority. And again, you know, my grandfather, my parents uh, come in the 60s, uh, f- find work in hosieries and, and, and you know, uh, factories and so on. Uh, we worked hard. Uh, they worked hard, and, and and basically that's what it was. Um, my dad basically was uh, also a kabaddi player, uh, played for the Leicester kabaddi team, and um, he was basically that was his work. And you know, to uh, go to uh, the sports centre, play kabaddi, and play in tournaments and so on. Uh, so that's what it was, just a combination of work and sports life and for me it was like education and football so so that's the only thing I I, I liked to, to, to get into. Okay and w- so where did your football journey take you after YMCA? Well YMCA after that I um, wrote off to many clubs uh, throughout the country and uh, very unsuccessful um, went even to Leicester City you know I was there and, and just didn't didn't make it uh, but I was disappointed 
sometimes I blamed myself of, of not uh, learning more about, you know, the game itself, uh, the connections of developing relationship with people in the game. And somebody also mentoring me, you know, I, it wasn't there at the time. So there was a lot of disappointments. But, you know, as a child, you know, I, I was very resilient and persevered and carried on. And, and, and I wanted to still stay in football. And, and my playing career stopped. And then I got the opportunity to go into coaching at Leicester City Football, football in the community. OK, how did that come about? Can you tell us more about that? Um, it started when basically it was an employment benefit scheme and you had to be unemployed for six months to join this scheme. And uh, every club uh, had a football in the community scheme run by the PFA. Uh, Leicester City uh, started theirs in 89 through the late Neville Hamilton. And uh, I still remember to this day that I, I went for the interview and I was the only one with the shirt and tie and suit on where the other applicants were casually dressed. So it just showed me that how much I really wanted it. And so I, I went in there and it, it, that's another journey that I can, you know, I, I had a great experience talking about too. Okay, so you, you got the gig at Leicester. What, what was the job? What were you doing? Um, my role was a football and community coach. And uh, the job uh, responsibility was to go out into the communities, engage with schools, uh, local clubs, uh, participate in coaching courses throughout the year, and basically just engage with the community and, and, and the community coming to the football uh, matches, uh, reserve games, and so on. So this was in 1989. So did football in the community then mean all communities or was it or was there any kind of emphasis or focus on minorities um i actually started the scheme in 1992 uh but the scheme has been running for a few years and it really kind of started to kick off uh to get involved with the communities in the early 90s so i was in a period where it was a very good time to to, to do this kind of work um, and and part of that role was to engage with the Asian communities, and and that was one of the the actual uh, my first coaching role was to coach uh, a local Asian team in Leicester, and then from there we kind of had a snowball effect to other clubs in in Leicester, and and that's how you know uh, my work was recognised. How did that come about? So did Leicester the club the football club recognize that there's a large asian population and it would be good to have relations with them or was this something that you did off your own back um firstly i would like to say it hasn't done hasn't been done before and secondly uh, i still remember that when i when i walked through the doors of the stadium the old stadium filbert street, Filbert street yeah. i remember that yeah, I remember that, you know, one of the things I want to do is to, you know, um, get Asians in football. That was my agenda. And so basically with a large Asian population uh, of Leicester, it's, it was an ideal kind of setting and an opportunity to do that. 
and and through through my networks and and, and connections we, we had a very good relationships with, with with clubs with those in those areas okay and so you said you managed a team what what else were you doing and what else was Leicester doing Leicester the football club to try and engage with the local communities and especially the Asian community well we had um uh, an Asian initiative called LASI, which is called the Le- Leicester Asian Sports Initiative. And basically the idea was uh, to uh, build links with Asian communities through football. And we had coaching sessions uh, every weekend and we taught the uh, players, the parents to uh, reserve games, uh, watching them games and just trying to get the interest uh, from, from that community. So we developed a good relationship there. Um, it was one of the first in the country, and 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 it just kind of uh, again it, it was a step forward to to get more Asians coming to watching football games, but also trying to find talent. Ha, I've got a bit. I love that name, Lussy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so. I mean, you said there was one of the first. Was there, from what you remember at the time, was there an awareness at the time that there are a lot of Asians in the UK and that they're underrepresented, underrepresented in football? Because I mean, at the time, it was still not rare, but it was still there were still difficulties for black players as well, right? Yeah. It was uh, what we call the hard times, especially for Asians to actually be seen in professional football. Um, I was very fortunate uh, to have a very good relationship with uh, an Asian national newspaper, Eastern Eye. And so every time I did an initiative in Leicester, um, the sports editor would ask me, Terry, could you send me some uh, information? We can profile it. And from there, it kind of snowballed effect where other people read about it and knew about it. So we had people from Channel 4. Uh, we had uh, people from talking about debate programs, about racism, so on. It, it had a snowball effect. Uh, but uh, at the early stages, uh, I had a very good relationship with Eastern Eye. And, 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 and that, as you know, is a newspaper that goes out circulation throughout the UK. Uh, and, and, and that really kind of profiled the work, what we were doing in Leicester and, and, and from there. Okay, and how long were you at Leicester for? Um, I had a very, uh, very good experience. Um, many highlights. I was there five years. Um, Lassie project was one to get more Asians in football. In 1996, uh, the FA had its first Asians in football conference, and I was one of the speakers. Uh, on that conference so that on the platform to talk about what the football club was doing around Asian participation. Um, and also uh, being at a, a, a privilege to, to, to work at a club, um, I went that extra mile. So not only was I working in Leicester, but I had connections with the Asian leagues in London, uh, organisations in Manchester. Um, I, I, I'm in even um, the Indian national team uh, that came in 2000 on a tour. I was involved with a lot of uh, initiatives and programs throughout the UK. And I think um, 
the one of the reasons that uh, my profile was so uh, you know recognised in the 90s by the media because I used to engage with a lot of initiatives away from Leicester. Leicester was the platform to develop and and highlight that Asians in football. And I still remember from that day when I walked through that door, I said that we're going to profile Asians in football. And 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 through that journey. Uh, I can proudly say uh, that I was at the forefront of Asians in football, but but not only Leicester but UK. And and from there, I built a very good relationship with the community groups and members from the Pakistan organisation and 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 other organisations throughout throughout England. Um, also, we had the privileges privileges to take out take teams to professional games uh, to get them trialed. Uh, uh, play games against Millwall, uh, Manchester City, um, and 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 few other clubs. So, uh, and that was in collaboration with uh, organisations, uh, Asian Asian tournaments that play in the summer. Uh, I was also involved with the BBC Mega Mela uh, and, and debate programmes. You know, uh, highlight on football focus, the Times newspaper. So, this kind of coverage has never been seen before. Now, the reason that I was so passionate is because it goes back to my childhood. When I was told uh, by my um, primary school friend, and he was white, and he goes, I want to know you more, but I can't take you to my house because you're not white. So then I started thinking through the years, why did he say that? So what we have to do then, we have to do everything ourselves. Show uh, what you're about, what you can do, and then people will appreciate you more. Sometimes on face value, you don't get the recognition. People just don't want to hear. But if you show what you can do, hopefully you'll get that appreciation. And, you know, through my journeys, I, I have actually uh, seen that and, and people have appreciated my work. Fantastic. So... Do you, do you remember which year it was that Gold Magazine put you in the top 100 football movers and shakers? Um, they, they did. They actually did a, a top 100 uh, movers and shakers, but also the Mirror took that on too. Um, I'm sure it was around 1998 or 99, somewhere around there. Okay. So, I mean, you've already mentioned quite a few of the things that you were doing. Was there anything else that... Or was there something specific that you were doing that made the made Gold Magazine and Mirror put you into that 100 at the time? Because 1998 was around the time that Jazz Baines published the Asians Can't Play Football Report, right? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, going back to 1996, when the first FA Asians in Football Conference took place, the reason that happened was because of the report. Just Baines and Raj Patel actually, you know, pushed the FA, look, this is what we need to do. We've uh, got this data. We've got this information. Now we should get people, representatives from uh, the local authorities, the football clubs to come to this conference and hear this is what we've done. And that was the reason. So, so th- they started that before that, before the 98-99 uh, time. Uh, but don't forget, it was a report. Um, but, you know, uh, people, it's great for the uh, academic, uh, you know, for the people who want to know why. 
But the bottom line to everything is that, you know, where, where there is a will, there is a way. You can have reports, you can you get people talking about it. Yes, it's quite good. But for me, it's all about giving opportunities to people that want to get involved with football uh, and opening doors. That's all we're doing. And, and, and I'm happy to say I, I was part of that. Um, and whatever that is done, whatever people are doing to profile highlight agents in football, I praise them. I'm, I'm happy. And I'm happy to hear the present time things are still talked about and there are better times this time than they were back in 92 when I first started. Okay. And so your football journey, what happened? Where did it take you after Leicester? Leicester. So I had a few opportunities to go to different countries and I went to America. Um, I got an opportunity to go to New Jersey uh, and, and, and it just came about, and I was very frustrated, uh, uh, you know, uh, of the whole uh, being in a professional club, uh, and you're doing a lot, but you, you're not getting you're not getting the appreciation back, especially in, in in England. So I thought to myself, well, I I need to get away, and uh, got an opportunity to go to America, New Jersey. Um, there, I, I it was a, a academy. And and I got there and I and I thought to myself, is this the right place for me? And what all they were doing is making money, going down to the local, and and, and that's what they were doing and teaching uh, children to play football. It it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. So I came back, and then um, had another opportunity to go to Canada, Vancouver, and uh, this came about through my actual uh, relatives. And uh, again, it wasn't for me. And, you know, uh, the word resilience, I keep mentioning, perseverance. And then um, the one that came knocking on the door was uh, China. Um, And this all came about in 2002 when China entered its first World Cup in South Korea and Japan. And uh, it was a great opportunity to go to a totally different country that needs people to develop their children and football okay and so what was the opportunity the opportunity so I was actually invited uh in 2004 to come out to China and um you know and I was invited by a a company called Avando Avando uh center and it, it it was a football education establishment uh that had links with the China's uh, student Sports Federation under the Ministry of Education, the People's Republic of China. And what my role was, uh, was to work with schools, uh, parents and neighbourhoods and um, uh, football establishments uh, and international uh, organisations. Uh, the idea was to employ football uh, in an instrument uh, for in, in check, integrated development of students while identifying uh, uh, and prepare both best talented youth players in China. So it, it was it was a program to develop football in schools, but also showcase the the talent. Uh, and and we had a a link with a, a German team called Hertha Berlin, 
So the players were selected and uh, they went on a tour to uh, Germany and they played against different teams to be, to, 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 to be talent spotted by the German teams. Okay. And then, so how long were you in China for? Um, uh, China, this is the first actual uh, um, program. Uh, and there's been a many others where uh, I went out in 2004. I was there for 10 years. Uh, a few times I've come back to England and back to China. And after this program, I also worked at Beijing Sports University as a, as a lecturer and a football uh, coach and uh, the privilege to work in a very prestigious uh, university in China. And, and, and basically that was just uh, another, another wonderful, rich experience of working in the education, educational uh, institutes in China. And in China, so you're there for 10 years. Yeah. Where, where you said there weren't, at the beginning, there wasn't many foreign coaches. So mm. how did they, did they, how do they accept you? And was, do you think there was a difference to how they perceived you being that you're of a South Asian background? Well, um, th this was a very, this was a pioneering program, first I'm going to tell you. It's a, it was a national program and it's all uh, alongside the vision of Asia and, and also the AFC, the Asia Football Confederation was part of this too. Uh, uh, to get more children playing football in China. Um, and when I got interviewed uh, by the actual organisers, uh, they came to London and, you know, I got selected. Um, I was uh, invited to go to Beijing in June 2004. And I still remember uh, the first few weeks was like just settling in, trying to climatise to the environment and then so on. And then all of a sudden, I had, I had a um, conversation with the, uh, the owner, and he said to me, Terry, what we'd like to do is uh, take you to um, uh, play a match. And I'm thinking, play a match? Well, well, I can play football. And so they took me to the military barracks in outside of Beijing, and um, they wanted to see me how, how I play football. So... And I'm thinking, okay, I show them. So I played in the game, and uh, you know what? I I played really well. I scored two goals. So what I what I'm trying to get to the message here is that regardless of your Asian, white, black, whatever, show people what you can do. And I think that was the first impression. I went through the interview stages, you know, passed it, got out there. I climatized to the environment for a couple of two, a couple of weeks, but still they wanted to see me more. What, what else do I bring round the table? And and they wanted to see me play. So I I showed showed them, and 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 I think that was another test for me uh, to show people what I can do in another environment. So they took they took me on, and um, I I was very fortunate to. Um, go and see wonderful things in China through football uh, from the national level right to the grassroots level to professional teams. Um, and, and basically um, part of my program in China was to uh, organize football trials for Chinese students who were selected from different cities. And we had uh, German scouts coming from Herder Berlin 
and we 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 organized the 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 trials and training and then the the players went out to germany so that was one part of my actual role the other one was to work in a middle school and and basically to teach the the teachers uh you know uh, introduce them to football new uh methods of coaching teach the players and so on and the other thing they asked me to do was to coach the team who was going to enter a a, a province tournament a, a big a province tournament in um in Jiangsu so the city I was working in was Nanjing so i i was you know i had i had I had the players out and um on the pitch and and you know i i've got my translator and and we're talking about uh the tactics and everything um and and what i would like to say in, in this story is that basically um the message got through because when we actually took part in the major tournament a middle school major tournament we actually won it we actually won the jiangsu province middle school championship and what i'm going to say is that football is a universal language there are no barriers um i hardly couldn't speak i i i didn't understand chinese i couldn't speak chinese but what i did and it goes back to my childhood of resilience preparation and 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 organizing myself before i went out there and 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 having that patience and and you know when you want something you prepare well you you do well uh and, and i think uh but not only that you, the passion and drive that you have that still is embedded in me and and all these kind of uh positive factors came across and 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 we won the actual championship very well done okay so in your journey from when you started in the late 80s up until i guess the end of your time in china how many south asians did you come across both in the uk and in china uh, is this through coaching or playing or, or what yeah both uh, both okay um i mean i mean back in back in the 90s um not only uh, i was doing coaching in leicester but we had a good relationship with east and i uh, i also used to do like stories features and i still remember um there used to be a professional player up in scotland jas jutler he was released by rangers and he was signed up by greenock morton uh we had um harpal singh who was at leeds united uh we had uh chris dolby an asian uh, person brought up by um a white family you know he was the first asian and 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 you know rotherham in nice like sheffield and then we had bai ching butia the the uh, indian uh, international who who signed for berry and and on top of that we had a female permi johoti so there was asians out there doing something in football so that was so wonderful um through the years um i think now we're seeing a lot of Asians as coach educators uh we are seeing more uh mentors and 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 people but still there needs to be more done but what i will say is that Asians if they want to be recognized is is keep uh, learning uh network 
uh, is very important and, 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 and try to engage as much as you can in going on to these um, FA road shows, um, get involved with your county FAs uh, and so on. So, th- th- and also in China, I, I will have to say that I didn't see any Asians uh, in football there. Uh, it was a, a rarity, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious. How did they did they look at you and treat you? What, uh, a difficult question, but do you think their perception was they saw you as a British coach who's come over, or do you think they were thinking, is this an Indian coach, and if so, what does he know? I think the first thing they they recognised, uh, the first impression they saw of me, I think, is the uh, tone. And and they were very excited of uh, from listening to my English. They say you speak very good English. I said, "Wow, thank you." So wherever you go in life, is that first impression? I think it was my language, English language, that that kind of hit it off. Pardon the pun. And 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 from there, it's just all about building relationships and 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 building rapport, understanding each other, uh, and, and and cultures and so on. Um, when I was at Beijing Sports University, um, to introduce my Punjabi culture, what I did was I introduced cricket. That's never happened before. And 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 I got the students to watch Bend It Like Beckham film, which is right. to understand my, my Punjabi culture. So some of the things that I kind of uh, got involved with was not only about, you know, having a, an education program from football or English but it's also teaching the culture because pe- they want to know, who, well, only white people can speak English. Well, where you come from? And, and, and I think I've changed that mindset and they appreciated I think that magic word appreciation. Uh, sometimes you don't get that in, in England, but you do get it abroad. And, and I think the reason is because uh, if you have that passion and drive, uh, you can go anywhere in the world. And 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 also that human quality, uh, maybe just a smile, uh, or could be the you know the tone of your voice, that is very important. That is very important, and and that's what it was. I think it, it was my actual tone, my my English language. <laughs> okay, and so since you came back, or sorry, no, so you said you were there for ten years in China. That takes us to around two thousand fourteen. What have you done since? Um. I have actually, um, well, since then I've come back to England. I've actually got myself uh, a role as a youth worker at Leicester City Council and also um, a position at uh, Leicestershire and Rutland County FA as a social inclusion mentor. Um, In 2015, I did go out to China again to work for one month in a city called Zhengzhou. And uh, I got invited through my friends, through my connections and, 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 and the people who appreciated my work. And they invited me to come to uh, uh, Zhengzhou is a city, as you know, where the martial arts are and, and based and so on. It was just a wonderful experience. I just want to share w- with you, uh, Apu, a few things. Uh, through my journey, you know, um, when I was a child, I was kind of glued to the screen and my idol was Gary Bailey or Brian Robson. But through my journey, I met some really exceptional people. 
not from not only the people from the grassroots, but people who played in World Cup finals. And from a humble background and to meet so 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 these icons who played in the World Cup finals, women's World Cup finals, uh, you know, people who worked for FIFA and so on. It was incredible. And and I think it goes back to my first, uh, you know, feeling of about resilience, perseverance, work hard. And, and, and you, you will meet people from the footballing world. And, and that's what it was. I, and I definitely can share this with you. In England, it would have been a closed door. Um, but I hope that mindset will change uh, with all that's going on at the present time. Uh, I, I would like to see that. But at the same time, I'm really happy to be on this podcast to share my journey. But I'm coming from the heart. I, 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 I'm not, uh, you know, intellectual kind of person who's gone to university, whatever. I just see it and I'll do it. And, and that's my journey. And, 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 and be humble uh, as much as you can. Appreciate uh, different cultures understand different cultures and, and, and you can do anything in life. And football has took, um, took me this journey to, to meet some wonderful people. Uh, and, and I'm very fortunate to, to be in that place. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, certainly a really interesting journey. Okay. So in, let's talk about the, the top end of football. Now in the Premier League, there's, I think, two, three, Asian or players of Asian descent at the moment. Are you surprised that given that you started on this journey with Leicester, for instance, back in late 80s, early 90s, that it's taken this long to and the numbers are still so small? Um, there are many factors. It's a good question, but there's many factors. It's a, uh, like your previous guests have said before it's a complex issue there are so many complex answers but what i'm going to say to you and and to people listening to this i just look back when i started when there's only a few a handful we've come a lot of hard work to get where we are so in sense of people in the fa you've got people working at county FAs, you've got mentors, you've got scouts, and you've got players. So we have gone, and, and, and we are still in football, uh, play, either playing or in the admin or scouting and so on. So I think this journey is going to continue. This topic is going to continue. And as long as we are positive, as long as we see faces in those professional institutes and representing our community, then I can see only, only the better because it has to come from inside. It has to come from that individual of how much does he want it or her. If you really want it, you, 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 you can be just like um, Harpreet Singh, who's at, uh, is it uh, by Munich? Is, is, that, is he at Salzburg now? The, the guy Salzburg from New Zealand? Is on you know, yeah. Separate thing, yes. So, so, so there you go. That that's the highest profile Asian, is it? Uh, playing at the, one of the top teams. So these guys can do it. Why can't you? And I don't think if there's a barrier, then maybe that barrier could be yourself, because sometimes 
you you will walk, go to a club and they might not appreciate what you brought them or whatever. Then you you look somewhere else. You keep persevering. Don't forget, football is a competitive sport. There are other people who want to get there before you, and the more negative issues or the reality you you see of less, then you might be holding yourself back. Educate yourself. Um, go on coaching courses. Uh, network. Yes. We, we can say that the clubs have to, you know, introduce new policies or whatever, or the county FAs so need to do something more, but it's up to the, the community itself to, to, to make it more, more viable for Asians to come into football, not one individual. So, uh, okay. So taking up on that for a second. Now we've had, for instance, Dr. Danny Kilvington um, came onto our show a couple of weeks ago. Now, it's all very well and good saying that the individual's got to work really hard. They've got to persevere and have resilience, which anybody needs to do to become a professional footballer. Because as you said, it's a very competitive industry, but he used the word exclusion. The professional football is excluding Asians by systemically the not going to look at them for scouting or having biases, which means that they they don't consider them even when they're in front of them, etc. So, mm. what do you think? If it's, are there any look, there's not going to be a quick fix to getting Asians into the professional yeah. game quicker. But are there quick fixes that you think the professional clubs could do to to start trying to get more Asians in? I mean, you've 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 been looking at this since the early 90s with Leicester. They've got Hamza Chowdhury at the moment. They may have yeah. others in their youth team, but that's the only person in the first team squad that's of Asian mm. descent. So what do you think the clubs could do? Um, it's a good question. Um, it's it's a, a question where um, if we have Asian representatives as academy coaches, um, even uh, the community schemes, developing relationships in the community. Uh, they, they do these football courses, they have these talent IDs and, and so on. It's about building relationships with communities. And sometimes I've heard stories where uh, Asian clubs or black clubs will not let their players go to a trial or to to academy club because of previous bad experience. What I mean by previous bad experiences, they take a player from a club and they will say, "Okay, we'll look at you," and then two weeks later, they release him without any kind of feedback. So what I'm going to say to that is just basically it's about building relationships with people within those uh, areas and. Your um, prof- is it professor, what is it? Uh, Dr. Dan- Daniel Kilvington, Dan- yeah. Yeah. No, it's a gr- great, great, uh, you know, point that he- he's made. But at the end of the day, it's about that building relationships. Um, basically, do the, f- do the clubs really care? Because you've got to remember, players are coming from all over the world. 
and different nationalities. What is there in front of you? Is there talent? It will be recognized. So I always said that when I started this Asians in football uh, in my head in, back in 92, it's up to the individual um, and, and build relationships with, with, with those scouts and, and, and academy coaches. Um, the county affairs now are um, having these IAG groups, the inclusion advisory groups, and there are representatives from different groups there. So if we have more people from the BAME community involved with that, then that could be one avenue where um, education can play a, a good part of developing yourself as a coach, as a scout. Uh, the FA are doing their bit in sense where they are going out with these FA uh, Asian roadshows. So that's another connection, you know, of, of, of getting into football. Um, it's about uh, who you know, where you are, and are you willing to go that extra mile? Um, and, 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 and again, it's, it, it's all about that, isn't it? Um, I can give you stories about um, players uh, in the modern game who, who, who've been kind of released by clubs, been told this and that, that you can't make it as a football player because of that. But they're, they're multimillionaires now, so they keep persevering, they keep trying. And I think we're at a better stage now than they were when we were back in 92. I keep repeating that because as long as this issue is profiled and highlighted, then good things will start to step-by-step step develop. Okay, fantastic. One last question, at least I think it's one last question for me. So you're doing some work at the moment with the Leicester and Rutland FA, you said, yeah? Leicestershire, sorry, and Rutland FA. Uh, how is... As a specific issue, Asians or the lack of in football, is that a specific issue for them or is it just encompassed under their general BAME radar? Okay, um, my role with the Leicestershire Rutland County FA was that I was a social inclusion mentor and my roles and responsibilities were basically uh, supporting and developing football activity in Leicester City. Uh, I played a very key in role ensuring football is representative of the local community and support them in centred around affiliated clubs based in, in the city's BAME clubs. Uh, basically, it was about supporting them to grow and sustain their provision. And the role involved working very closely with club committee members and other key stakeholders. And also I worked with, um, I'm working with the uh, so-called refugee groups who are from Sudan, uh, Afghanistan, Turkey, China, and so on. So we're working with a lot of other groups to get them to just to participate in football. So what's happened here is, what I did back in the 90s at Leicester City Football Community, I've gone full circle. And because of Leicester being such a diverse, multicultural city, it's needed. And you need to have people who can go at the ground level to develop these relationships. I think I have that experience. And that's the reason that I had this role at the Leicestershire and Rutland County FA. 
sadly, with the current situation, I was furlonged. So at the present time, I'm just a youth worker, but I'm still involved in football in other um, capacities of uh, consultation and doing a bit of coaching and so on. Okay. But so you're, you're, are you saying that Asians or the lack of in football for Leicester, Leicestershire and Rutland FA comes under their gen, general BAME umbrella? I think I think when you talk about Asians in football, it's just about, um, well, like, for example, we do have Asian clubs. It's just building that relationship mm. uh, and, and, you know, choosing them to, you know, they've got pl- coaches to go on their coaching pathways. We also have developed relationships with the uh, football club, Leicester City Football Club, and sometimes they have uh, training nights or trial nights. So it's about building relationships and pe- people knowing about it. And it's up to them if they have the talent, you know, to, to show peace it. Um, Asian football is is a, a statement that is like, for example, or if you specifically focus on it, but we have to look at the wider range. And, and I think the BAME uh, theme will be, come across really well now because we've moved away from that. But again, to, to people who are very close to that uh, issue, of course, it will be always Asians in football, which is close to my heart. But the that's what it is. I, the reason I ask that question is because the FA, the FA, has yeah. a very specific scheme at the moment, the Asians in football um program i can't remember the name of it now it escapes me they've got the forums um yeah so they're they're doing stuff and from speaking to them i think unofficially really what they're saying is that they've got their their program they've got their four-year strategy and but they can't implement it it's up to the regional fas to implement it and so they've set the guidelines, they've given it to the local FAs. And the frustration yeah. is that the local FAs are kind of sitting on it and not doing enough about it. And yeah. so that seems to be the case. It's which, look, I, I fully understand there's lots of worthy causes out there. I've been speaking to some people who work with refugees, and I wouldn't want energy or attention taken away from them not for one second um it's just interesting to to know how much of how much of the issue is or isn't on the radar yeah it's a good point there uh what i would like to say to that is um it's good to have uh the fa or these ir groups but if you don't have the people who work in those communities or individuals working in the communities like myself, and there's few others throughout the country, they need to know the community. Sometimes it's very hard to find those people who, 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 who cannot work in those communities. And maybe that could be the, the downfall of where we don't see that uh, bridge where developing in a certain other uh, county FAs and so on. You need to build that bridge. And sometimes, you know, you need to have individuals to to, to, to actually get people together. Part of my role as a social inclusion mentor was to bridge that connection. 
and that's what I did here in Leicester. Uh, and and it's it, it's not happened before. It's the first time we you know uh, this has happened. And what I'm trying to say is that there are you're not going to see a Terry Singh in London. It has to be somebody generic and DNA in London to do that. So what I mean is bringing people together, you know, and bringing the county FAs together, bringing the football clubs together and, and bringing the FAs. So in the last two years, what I would like to say is that when we had the FA Asians in Football Forum, the room was full. The reason is because myself having a good relationship with groups and communities in Leicester. So what I'm trying to say is maybe there's not that happening in other cities. It needs to be. So we don't kind of point, sometimes we don't have to point on just Asians. We have to look at the bigger picture. And maybe that's the issue why things are slow. Um, when you look at the bigger picture, everybody's involved and maybe more things will be developed. I came back from China in 2014 and I still remembered that the first FA um, roadshow was in Leicester. There's only a few people. But I got involved with the Leicestershire and Rutland County FA and we got all the communities coming together. So that's the difference. Maybe we don't have those people in those places and we need to. Um, it's hard, but that's the reality of life. And, okay. and, and that's the reason I, I just also say, uh, I put, that's one of the reasons when I first started football, I was asked by a, a Sikh gentleman, why don't you coach our Sikh community? Why do you have to go to the Hindus and the Pakistans? I said, I'm a coach for all, not just one community. And with that attitude, that's why I was appreciated in China, because I always looked at the bigger picture, never on a smaller picture, because sometimes you get things done more rapidly. And, and, and that's what I'm going to say to that. It's, it's one of my actual um, positive thoughts. And I hope that when people listen to this podcast, it's all about positivity, but also about those kind of knockdowns and, you know, racism or, you know, getting my face smashed in or whatever it's that perseverance it's that resilience so sometimes it's a rarity to see these kind of people at this present time maybe we need to do a bit more and i i, I would say putting in that extra miles might get you recognized but if you just kind of keep into your comfort zone maybe that's not enough uh, yes <laughs> Okay, fair enough. And if some, if our listeners want to want to follow what you're up to, how's what's the best way of them to do that? I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's Terry Singh, and also on LinkedIn. It's Terry Singh, and you know, I've got videos uh, on YouTube about my past and present uh, work. Um, but uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. And like I said before, Asians in football is close to my heart and, you know, we're heading in the right direction. Fantastic. Terry Singh, thank you very much for your time.